Hey, 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 my friends, my tribe, my musingers, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Madeline Moon, and today we are speaking with another amazing friend of mine. His name is Drew Gerald. Drew is a coach, entrepreneur, and author. One of his notable works, Holistic Sex, has been published alongside spiritual leaders such as Eckhart Tolle, Abraham Hicks, David Data, Dr. Wayne W. Dyer, and Bob Proctor. Previously, at 18, he founded and ran a high-end software company for over seven years, creating solutions used by Fortune 500 clients such as Disney, Samsung, Sony Pictures, Whole Foods, Walmart, and over 30,000 others. His current work, The Process, is a transformational video series for awakening entrepreneurs and artists, supporting them in the mysteries of the modern-day hero's journey. I love that. I will get in in this podcast all about how Drew has significantly impacted my life. Um, this episode is a treat. It is a gift. It is a, a very rare opportunity to get a glimpse and a sneak peek into the life of someone who is vulnerable enough to go there to share what their experiences are like in the shit, <laughs> in the shadow side. Drew has been going through some really transformative experiences recently, which have been just making him question, who am I? Why am I here? What do I like to do? And uh, it's very rare that a author, speaker, coach will come out and share that publicly while they're going through it. That is kind of a taboo thing like, oh, if I share my struggles, then no one will hire me because I'm not coming out and sharing all of the answers and I'm questioning my own life. Well, yeah, that's why we do this work is because we are always questioning our lives. I talk about relationships all the time on this podcast because I am so fascinated by them and I'm not in one. <laughs> and so even though I can coach people in relationships, it doesn't mean I have all, all of it understood. I'm not even in one. So... This is such a gift to be able to see what that struggle actually looks like and and what it sounds like and what it feels like. And I'm very, very curious to hear how you are reacted, how you are reactive to this podcast, how you feel, how you interpret it, how you marinate on it. What does it bring to you? I would love to know this. And if you if you're willing to share, then please comment on the show notes for this episode, maddiemoon.com slash Drew dash Gerald, or go to Instagram and comment on the photo of this podcast, the share for it, or email me. I would love to hear. We would both love to hear. Before we head on over to that, a quick note, there is some very adult language in this and there typically is a few pieces here and there of adult language, but this one has more than the average one. So if you have ears around that you are not a fan of promoting adult language too, then maybe this is an episode for some head buds. And yes, that is good to know. Okay, before we dive on in, today's sponsor is Fit. Fit. Dot co slash moon is where you will be able to discover all of the healthy eats, outdoor activities, events, and pretty much anything you want to know about a fit or healthy lifestyle that's happening in your city or a city that you're visiting to. 
So if you're vegan or you're paleo or you're rock climber or you are someone that loves to mountain bike or swim and you want to find out the best spots to do these things, or maybe you're a yogi and you want to find the best yoga studios where everyone's raving about and all the people are going to, and you feel overwhelmed. I, li- I literally just did this for my own city, going to yoga. I love, love, love yoga. Obviously, I do a lot of acro yoga, but it's very challenging to know, what. first off, where to go and what the coolest studios are and the best studios are. And, and maybe in one instance, I'm wanting a certain vibe and another instance, I'm wanting a different one. So whenever I want to find out where I want to go, if I want to go to a particular movement fitness type studio, I go to fit F I T T dot co slash moon. Go there, select explore and find your city. Don't forget it has two T's, not one T. And I have a feeling that you're going to make this your new favorite all in one place for all the wonderful fitness and health things you could ever want. And today we do not get into many resources, but as always, I do want to remind you that if you hear about something on this podcast, one book that Drew recommends is A Course in Miracles, a very, very, very influential book in many people's lives. Don't forget, anytime you want to get deep into a book, but you just have a really busy life and you don't feel like you have time to sit down and read, go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings and you get a free month for free, which includes a free book. So go see if they have A Course in Miracles and check it out. I'm currently listening to, um, uh, what's it called? When Things Fall Apart on Audible for free. So I will have that link to download your first free book on Audible on the show notes for this episode. And I believe that is all we need to get into. Let's go head on over to this juicy, insightful gem of a show. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. You look wonderful, by the way. <clears throat> I do? Yeah. Aw, thank you. Yeah, there's a, a nice uh, a glow. You're so sweet. Oh, no, I feel just... glowy. Yeah, you look glowy. Thank you. We're recording, too, so I got that. I got that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> forever, forever, forever. Uh, Use it against me. I'm totally putting that on the podcast, by the way. All right. Go okay. for it. Okay. Okay, good. Hey, Drew. How are you? Good. How are you, Maddie? I'm doing I'm not, so I, I'm actually not good, but... You're not good. 
It's funny how that's just our normal responses, right? Yeah, that was so autopilot, and that's exactly how I've been responding to every person I've come into contact with today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, too. Oh, good. So good. <laughs> nah. How are you really feeling, Drew Gerald? Uh, <clears throat> I am... Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm feeling, and that's... Uh, that's been kind of the scary thing. It's that I don't really know anymore. Um, the stories I have in my in my head, um, everything that I've been doing uh, for the past ten years of my life, uh, what I've thought I've been feeling, what I thought I've been doing that was right. I'm making air quotes. Um, it's like. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, um, but I don't know. And uh, there's a certain level of feeling, it's not depressed, um, maybe it's, it's just, I guess it's just unknown. It's just uh, not sure of what's, I don't know, and, and I think... I think that's um, a good step because so many times I find myself and I find my clients and most people in the world, we, we're, not, we're not comfortable in that unknown space. We have to give it a label. Yeah, and that's what we call um, – so what I find – with myself and with my clients or people that I speak to, we call this gray area funk. And we, we just think, Oh, it's, it's just this, this like funky feeling. I'm not really present right now. I'm not really aware of all the ins and outs of everything that's happening in my life. Not everything is within my control. I'm just kind of in a funk. And it's almost like, not almost, it's definitely like this spin you put on it where something needs to be changed. Something needs to be rushed. You need to quickly up and quickly hurry up and get control or feel like you have a really solid grasp over your life, who you are, label things, identify things. And that's how we numb out the feelings that can be experienced in moments like this. So you don't feel fully alive and you keep trying to rush this process. And so that's why I love that you're sharing this right now with my audience about being in this space and having really no words to to act absolutely cover and explain everything that you're feeling right now and that's okay there's nothing bad about that there's nothing bad about not being able to have um a super clear crisp idea of who you are i think one of the key words you said there was cover and uh, when I heard it, cover up came to mind uh, because we, you know, we use these labels to cover up what's really going on. Um, and sometimes what's really going on, we don't have words for. And I know a lot of stuff and that gets in the way. Um, that mm. makes me, that makes me think I have answers to things. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, I have, I have frameworks I have frameworks, I have books, I have 
courses. I have strategies. I have all this stuff. And it's really good. It's really fucking good. And it's really effective. Um, but it's coming from a place of knowing the answers. And if we already know the answers, then we're not in a new place. We're in the past. Um, we are not in what's really in the moment because our answers are based on uh, something we've realized in the past. And that can be very helpful. Um, and sometimes it's uh, it, keeps, it keeps me stuck. Um, so it's really interesting coming on to this podcast because uh, I have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I know a lot of things. And they're really helpful things for a lot of people. Um, but at this point, in this very second in time, <laughs> that's not what's real. That's not what's true. Um, so here we are. <laughs> so here we are. So in the introduction of this podcast, I explain a little bit about you. But I just want to take a moment to share with everyone listening um, the profound impact that this guest has had on my life. Uh, yeah. So recently, our mutual friend, Joni, who I've mentioned on this podcast quite a few times, she keeps coming up. She'll be on the show soon. She was like, hey, um, you and this this guy, Drew, would probably really, really hit it off and have an amazing podcast. And we decided to jump on a, a Skype call just to check each other out and say, hey, what's up? Two hours <laughs> hi, later. Chat. Hi, a hi, chat is what we call them for whatever reason. And um, a lot was uncovered in that first call and it just like bl blossomed in the, into this really beautiful conversation where we got to know each other. And then... And then I started to share a few things here and there, like just like a, a few little droplets of family insight and the way I was raised. And Drew really was the first character in my life to bluntly, unapologetically, and and like so perfectly call out a lot of the the dynamics in my family that were traumatic for me that I couldn't come to terms with that I didn't want to admit. And that was probably one of the most terrifying slash painful slash, um, almost on the verge of numbness because I was trying to keep it out. So, in yeah, so intensely, um, one of those the, kind of the, the word the the word that I I so uh, graciously used was denial. Denial. Oh yeah, that <laughs> word. So much denial. And so this um, this conversation was how do you say it? The pick in the the ice, just where everything started to crack. And from that moment on, I would really say the rest of my life has changed from that conversation me and you had. Like really, it was that impactful. Because I started making these changes in my family dynamics and um, started to unravel and meditate on it and do a lot of deep dive work, not just like meditation and like sitting in a cushion thinking about all these things, but like looking at all these instances and, and then it was an outpour of memories that started coming up for me. 
an outpour of memories. And you know me, I'm like a list girl. So I had to like document and write down everything that was coming up because I needed to have proof in front of me, validation that everything I was experiencing was real. And, um, so drew, I would really say that out of all of the figures in my life that have been man have been masculine, you were very, you held space for me, but called me out on, on the denial in such a loving, but unapologetic way in a way that I, I don't think is common for the masculine. Normally it's one or the other. There's nothing really in between where it's a safe, how would you describe it? How would you describe this energy of the masculine where it really allows people to drop in and feel safe in being called out and not being pushed or shoved? It, well, for me, I'll speak uh, for myself and then go into that. Uh, but for me, it's one of the very few times uh, in my day-to-day -day life that I uh, suspend judgment. Uh, I'm typically very judgmental of myself primarily and uh, others. It's one of those big things that I kind of struggle with. Um, in those moments, uh, I'm somehow able to, I don't want to say transcend, but to at least set that aside and um, see just the truth in the moment of separating the the behavior from who that person is um so in that in that moment i just hold a space where um it doesn't matter it, it that doesn't matter i mean you could you could literally be you know uh, a serial killer puppy kicker and uh, I, I, I would just be in it uh, with you. So I think it's 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 presence. Uh, you know, the masculine, especially when I talk about sex uh, with with clients, is that. Uh, the the, the presence penetrates. Uh, women, you know, want to be penetrated, and it's the uh, it's not just the penis; it's the presence um, that that they want to feel. And so, in those moments, I think it's about pe pe penetrating the penetrating into the truth uh, from that presence. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds really fucking airy-fairy, but um, in the, the most practical sense, it's just uh, just showing up with without judgment and just seeing it for what it is and knowing that that is not who you really are and seeing beyond that. And not getting and not getting caught up in the manipulations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, God, that's so true. the The penetration. I love that you're bringing this up because that is God. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like you you can feel this major shift when you're speaking with someone who is not 
present. They can be hearing you, but it doesn't mean they're really holding space for you versus someone who is holding the space, holding the container, holding the energy, and you feel safe to have your emotional reaction to feel and embody all that you're like in that moment for me, when we were having this conversation, the emotion that came up for me was still denial, um, shockness, confusion, like, uh, eagerness just to learn what you're, what the heck you're talking about. And, um, but something about that presence allowed me to really trust. I trusted you really trusted what you were saying. And you made that so easy for me. Like, I feel that I was in those moments when the feminine is with the masculine, you're really, the feminine is really showing up as a reflection of what the masculine is doing. Like you were creating trust within me. I was that reflection of being able to trust because of that presence you were holding for me. So pause. We're all over the place here. <laughs> I want to, I want to reel it back in here. Um, and I want, I want to give some people some context here. Who are you, Drew? <laughs> Where do you come from? What's That's your story? That's a fucking great question. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring that out myself. Um, it's an interesting question at this point in time because, uh, you know, I could tell you the story. Um, you know, it's, it's up on the internet if you want to know of how, um, you know, my childhood, it is what it was. Um, we, we all, ha we all have a story, right? We all have our story. Um, we all think our story is, <laughs> unique and special or more traumatic or whatever it is. Um, but I had, I had a certain childhood where I was very much a victim and, uh, I eventually reached a point, uh, as an adult in my own personal development journey where I realized that I was, in a certain circumstance, right? We we're in a culture, we're in a family, we're in a in an environment that is a certain way, um, and there's nothing, you know. As kids, you know, not much we can do about it, uh, but what we can do is choose how we respond to it. Um, and for so long, I chose to respond to the bullying, the teasing, the home drama, the arguing. Um, I played into that. I bought into it. I chose to uh, play the victim to get attention, to feel sorry for myself. And... To just suffer. And of course I didn't know that at the time, right? I'm not like eight years old being like, hey, I'm going to get people to bully me so I can, you know, feel like shit for the next 12 years of my life. <laughs> um, but on some level that that's what was happening. And so that put me on a journey of uh, personal development, self-growth. And... I, I've learned a lot of stuff and it's helped me see that dynamic and it's 
led me to a place to where I was able to start sh- share uh, what I was learning, to share my experiences, to share the things that I've learned um, and help people. So I made some courses. I started blogging. Uh, before this, I had a software company that's, that stemmed from my uh, teenage years of being uh, an outcast and lonely and uh, on the computer. And so that interest in computers led me to build this software company and then this transition into personal development, personal growth. And I got a lot out of it and wanted to help other people. And so I wrote a bunch of stuff, <laughs> got published, um, made some courses, and it helped some people. Um, but a lot, but most of it, most of it never really reached its potential. And you know, I had a software company, and. You know, I don't know what you define success, but I had some notable clients. I had a lot of clients, um, but it, it could have been a lot more. And I had a, a course published on Mind Valley. Did okay. Could have done a lot better. Uh, I've had coaching clients. Could have had a lot more. So why am I saying this? Why am I bringing it up? It's through this whole process, through everything I learned and everything I wanted to share, a large percentage of that was me trying to validate myself. Uh, With the software at some point, validating um, my brilliance uh, with the with the writing and the the coaching and uh, the courses, it a lot of it ended up being about trying to prove that I wasn't this loser that I thought I was since I was in in school, and so. Over the past few years, all of that's kind of came to a head because I realized it just wasn't working. Um, I, I I just had to get radically honest with myself and say, hey, you know, you think you're a fucking hot shot. You got some skills. You helped a lot of people. But um, it, what does that mean? You know, why, why does that mean anything? You know, what? Do you even want to be doing this stuff? What's the motivation? And through this process, um, it's weird because, you know, the, there's a, there's a part of me that, there's a part of me that sincerely seeks the authenticity. I, at, at some level, I want to be doing things for a true reason. And that led me to to see that most of those things I was doing, uh, y- yes, there there was a, a spark of that. Um, but there was also some underlining trauma 
that I was trying to compensate for. And this, this, this has led to what I'm working on now, which is called the process. And, uh, what we were sharing, uh, seconds before we started going on this, uh, podcast. And we're just like, well, I just talk about it on the show. Um, and that's, that's this journey. That's this, uh, modern day hero's journey of taking our gifts, taking who we are and, uh, bringing that out into the world and, uh, doing it with the recognition that it's who we're becoming, it's who we're discovering ourselves to be, it's the the expansion of consciousness through the 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 leading edge of our own physicality and experience in the world that the process of entrepreneurship or artistry brings. And that process is what I am going through. And because I need to learn that, and that's what I'm learning, that's what I'm sharing. So I know this, but everyone listening doesn't know this. The process is a course you have where you lead people. (laughs) (laughs) Or you lead people through how to create their artistry, yes, and vulnerability um, and shadow sides and all of this. Yeah, it's it's less. Yeah, it's it's less than how to do it, and more so. This is what's this is what's happening. This is what you're experiencing on the journey, and uh, um, this this is what I I found out uh, makes 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 the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the, um, uh, somebody said, said this and, and I, I liked it. It's not quite it, but it's the closest I got. It's soft skills. Um, it's not here are the 10 steps to build your business. Here are the five marketing strategies. Here's the blah, 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 blah. All that stuff's great. Um, this is the other side of it. This is what happens when you're doing all of those marketing strategies and you're afraid of failure. Uh, you are feeling jealous and you're comparing your branding to other people. Um, what metrics are you using to, uh, validate yourself or invalidate yourself or invalidate others or, uh, use as your own metric of self-worth and value? And all that stuff is what, what I see, see myself and others get caught up in, right? It's like your, your followers are a great business metric, but they're not a, they're, they're an absolute horrible self-worth metric. Mm. And so it's things like that where on this journey, we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but we're saying you gotta, you gotta know the difference between what's going on internally and what's going on in your business and how they interact. Uh, but what, you know, what the hell, what the hell is all that about? So that's what I talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. And it's 30 days completely free. Yeah. 30 days, videos, articles, uh, absolutely free. Uh, no crazy marketing pitch. If you want to join the community, uh, that's great. If you want to uh, work with me one-on-one because you uh, think that I can help accelerate that for you, great. Besides that, 30 days of content, absolutely free, original stuff uh, made just for this. I love it. I'll make sure I have a link to that on the show notes for this. 
So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so immersed in everything you're saying right now. Like I can tell there is a lot that you're currently processing so much. And it's really beautiful to be able to have an interview with you in the midst of this. Because a lot of times people will come on and it's, and it's, we always have beautiful conversations on the show. Obviously I have amazing guests that come on, but I'm loving this rare glimpse that we're getting into your life. Whereas not many guests are going to come on to a podcast and share about the the (laughs) shit that they're in. Right. And like, like, be like you're really 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 in it of unraveling your identity maybe i don't know if that's the right word but like oh uh, well yeah ego identity who i think i am who i think i should be you know even even to the point where i mean let's let's i mean let's just be completely fucking honest like i like even up up (laughs) until yesterday i mean yesterday you sent me this message like okay like blah 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 the show blah 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 and I'm like, I don't even fucking know if I should get on. Like, you know, because I'm, I'm feeling like, uh, you know, the stuff that I'm seeing about myself, it, you know, I, I, I've, at some levels, I feel like a fraud. I feel like, um, like it's just all bullshit. Um, and I, I have some wherewithal and insight to recognize that that is part of the process. If we didn't, uh, ever face those aspects or, or, or come to those places, um, then chances are, uh, we're fooling ourselves. And, uh, and I'm also completely open to the fact that I'm fooling myself even saying that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just a willingness to show up. Um, and and that's that's all I can do. I, I really, a lot of times I think I can do a lot more than that. Um, but sometimes that's all I can do. Um, and so even getting onto this, it's like, man, I got I, I like I got books of content that we can use. It's like I got all the stuff, but I just just gonna show up in what's real and what's true. Um, you know, and, and there's all these voices like, who's going to hire you? Like all of these things. And, uh, it just, it just reflects back on the ego's agenda. It's like, okay, that tells me that at, there's some voice, there's some story in my head that, that is being narcissistic, that is being selfish and is like, okay, there's a small little voice saying, Oh, you're afraid to speak the truth of the moment because you're afraid you're not going to look like an expert or you're not going to look like you can help anybody because you have your own shit. And it's like, wow, can you like, like let go of your own needs and self-absorbedness just to fucking show up and, and, uh, provide value by just reporting what's real for you and uh sometimes that's all we can do mm-hmm. yeah and i want to point out that you you do v- very well you do very well you're successful in your business you have you know you live in this beautiful home with, like i can see everything you've got such a nice home um you live a wonderful life a wonderful comfortable life 
And you are still not above feeling all this shit. You're still able to feel it. And I, I, I'm pointing this out because I work with a lot of people who think that, that they'll probably look at you. They look at me and they think, well, we don't have these identity crisis moments. Well, we don't go through the shit. Well, we don't feel um, really down on our social media follower count. Well, we probably have, I mean, for me, like a super successful podcast and I never have doubts that run through my head. And there's no like cap of success where, okay, you reach this point. And so now like those vulnerable deep moments of not knowing who you are, they go away. Like no more. (laughs) Like I, I go through this quite often and and I, I really, I'm not exactly where you are right now, but I am in some sort of fully feeling it energy of some sadness. And there's a lot, like I was just texting a friend saying, um, recently, like I have, I go through periods where I'm super, super physical. I'm doing acro, I'm climbing, I'm running, I'm this, I'm that. And lately I feel like I have no room for anything physical because my emotional well-being feels, um, I wouldn't say bad. I just feel I'm it's just a lot. I have a lot of shit happening in my emotional life with my family, with relationships, with being tired of where I'm living with, this business with this podcast and it's just so much. Yeah. I feel like I have no room. I just like people would be shocked if they knew how much I've been sleeping and lying on my couch and reading and doing nothing lately because I'm just like, I'm not, I'm feeling it all. I'm not numbing out, but it's just a lot to process when you're going through this. It's the process, right? So transitioning over to like, the shadow. I want to, we've talked about the shadow. <laughs> Tra- transitioning, transitioning as if right, we haven't been talking about it. Yeah, I want right. to talk more <laughs> officially, um, officially. Yes. So we've, we've shared a bit on, on the shadow side and shadow work on the show. I want to hear it from you though. What is, what is the shadow and what's your shadow right now? <laughs> Well, you, you can identify. I just heard it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the, the shadow is the, as, as I've came to see it, the shadow is all of the aspects of ourselves, all of the most wonderful aspects of ourselves that the ego has judged as the most awful aspects of ourselves that we have uh, suppressed and gotten out of relationship with and then run us. I think that would be the most comprehensive and succinct way to describe the shadow. I want to give a a specific example, something you've shared with me that just connected all of these dots. I want you to share about the protector killer. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there is a uh, uh, an aspect of myself that I saw growing up, and it could be very uh, violent and angry. And it ran in my genetics as well. And um, it was it was horrifying, you know, because there was a certain way that 
I looked at things, animals, whatever, and it was just horrifying. It was like, wow, like I could murder that. Um, and so it, it scared me so much that I, I suppressed all of it. And what happened is I became docile. I became weak. I became a wimp. Uh, and, and so, uh, a few years ago, it got to the point to where I physically j- just wasn't confident, uh, in my own ability to protect myself or, uh, a girlfriend or wife or children or family. And as a man, that, that's, uh, you know, going past macho stereotypes, the, the, the archetype of being able to protect oneself, um, and his family, whatever that means, it's deep, you know, it's like, I mean, you could fight it and, and get all new age, whatever on it, but it's just the truth. And so I didn't feel confident. Uh, and I decided to, uh, take up martial arts to, uh, I guess compensate for that. And so what I realized is that the, the shadow aspect of being a killer has a, corresponding, I guess you would call it, light aspect of being a protector. And so my the the depth of my ability to kill and destroy was the extent of my ability to protect. If I was out of touch and judged and afraid or mostly judged the uh, act of being able to to kill uh my effectiveness if if the time came to protect myself uh and my family uh i i wouldn't have access to that and so there there there's times in in life where we have to make certain boundary statements. If a, if someone's breaking into my house and going to uh, kill my children, you know, kill my, I don't have children. This is all hypothetical. Uh, you know, come in and kill my children, rape my wife and murder me. And I think I have some sort of weird relationship with that. I'm going to fail. My family is going to die. And I, I don't believe that is, um, that's not some sort of spirit, you know, it's a, it's a perversion of spirituality. Uh, nature and, and consciousness has boundary statements for a reason that says, no, th- this is not what is going to happen. And I was out of relationship with that. And so it, it's, it's like the sword in the sheath, right? It's, it's having a sword, knowing how to use it, being willing to use it, being effective at using the sword, but it stays in the sheath by your side. You don't need to wave it around. It's there if you need it, but let's hope uh, that you never have to use it. Can you give an example of 
something you've seen for women, a shadow side that women push, 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 push away and how it's really affecting their ability to show up in this world as love and light. Yes. Um, there, um, their beauty. Um, you know, we, it's, it it comes back to trying to dim one's light, uh, in order because it attracts bugs, right? It's like you have a light bulb, you have a light outside and you shine it at night. Guess what? You're going to attract some fucking bugs. Um, but does that, you know, but it's like, why are we going to let that be the reason to, to stop shining? Um, and so, you know, I just, I see so many women shut their femininity down because they think they have to be masculine in order to, uh, to work in business or pursue their dreams. Um, I see so many physically, literally, and emotionally, and energetically uglifying themselves because um, of survival. You know, it's, you know, all this stuff survival. So this is not a criticism because if you're, uh, if you're a beautiful, if you're, you're a child who is uh, a sensual, uh, beautiful, um, wild, just, uh, a fully expressed feminine young woman, there's some fucking creepy shit out there. And, um, it, it's very, it's extremely common that bad, you know, some sick stuff happens. And that causes, uh, that glow, that vibrancy. It's, it's, it's just the vibrancy. It's, it's, uh, it's that buzz of, of being fully alive, fully embodied, uh, and connected to the sensuality. It's not a sexual thing, but it's that pure sensuality of having full spontaneous expression of that femininity and, for survival, so many women censor it. And it makes sense. Like, I get it. You know, it's like, you gotta live. Um, yet that continues into adulthood and just collectively as a culture, we, uh, we, uh, both the masculine and the feminine, uh, is exploited in various ways and shamed in various ways. And so we have all this crazy stuff out there. So bottom line is the, the biggest thing I see women do is dim that light. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, is is just turn it down. Yes. And as my teacher, Kendra Kunov has shared with me, when that happens, Two deaths happen, 
right? Because there's the death that happens within the woman's own ability to feel her light, her pleasure, her energy that gets shut off. So she's robbing herself of the beauty that comes with feeling pleasureful, feeling energetic, feeling beautiful in all the different ways, not just physically, but emotionally, um, spiritually. And sometimes it's not beautiful in this like soft light. It's like ferocious, but it's energy. Nonetheless, it's feeling fully alive. So a death happens within her. And the second death is within the world because the world mm -hmm especially to the masculine, when the masculine sees pleasure, he sees love. His burden is lifted. His burden of being this um, strong, energetically speaking, um, container holding, like conscious man, when he sees pleasure and he sees um, light within a woman, he sees love. And this is what brings so much nurturing energy to our world. And so if more women can learn how to be able to harmonize both their ability to create, go out, accomplish, be driven, um, take, like, take control when they need to, be the, a single parent, all of this, and feel their emotions fully, and feel pleasure, and allow themselves to be beautiful, and allow themselves to be angry and have that Kali energy, and still feel yep. pleasure within it, feel it all. That I love that you brought that up because what did I read recently? There was this woman that was like, I am going to like shine. I'm going to shine my light no matter what. You have permission to look at me. You have permission to look at me. Um, you can. Oh, that's great. Because, you know, because it's, I, I mean, our culture is just so fucked up. I just got to say it. I mean, everything's perverted. Um, you know, men are a fr good, you know, I talk about good, good men, you know, just or men in general. Um, because even, even just men, I mean, we're getting so shamed as well. And, and what you just said is just so invigorating because if you see something beautiful, you want to look at it. Yeah. Like, like it, 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 women have no control over, and let me take the back. People in general, we have no control over what other people will think about us. Mm -hmm. We, we can't control it. And so, because we can't control it, we try to control how much people can see of us. And so we put up a persona. We put up a wall. We don't let data out. We don't share these aspects. We don't let our full light shine. We say, I'll let this light shine over here. I'll let this shine over here. But this stuff, no, no, no. That stuff, no, 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 no. Yeah, you know, if you're in a dark alley, you know, I get it. There's, you got to be smart, right? Yeah. You don't need to be um, but, like screaming with ecstasy in a dark alley. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, we're talking common, common sense here. Um, and so I, I love what you say because, um, you know, people do perverted stuff because it's, it's, they feel guilt about it. Mm -hmm. And, the, the perversion is the guilt, right? Like if I see a, a beautiful woman, and it's so funny. I mean, it's just like nuts, right? We, we have these, we have women that do all of this stuff to be attractive, all of this stuff to get all this attention, and then they get it, and then they say guys are creeps, and not everyone, not all the time, but 
as as a as a stereotype that we can use for this example. Um, and so I I love that because she's genuinely just being her beautiful self. It's like art. I mean, you know. <laughs> It is art. It is. It is. It's totally art. And And you go ahead. No, go ahead. (laughs) I think that's why, like, our world is starved for beauty. Starved for beauty. Real real beauty. Real beauty. Yeah, not not attention seeking. Right. Not television. Well, I like to say pleasure. Our world is starved for for pleasure. It's just and and pleasure can be anything. Real joy. Yeah. And joy. Right. And so one of the things that I did at this weekend intensive with my teachers, John Wineland and Kendra Kunov, is we embodied this energy of the sacred slut. We allowed our bodies to move us in in not just sensual ways, but sexual ways and feel it and, and be joyful and not put on a show to really listen to the music, look at this man we had full on eye contact with and dance. And the minute that the man started to get piggy is the word they use piggy. Like I want more like that's mine, mine, mine (laughs) like that. kind. Then you, you stomp your foot and you hiss like you make the sound like no, but you don't have to say it. You just, you go like you change, you become like stomp your foot, get his attention back and then you can start dancing again. But the minute you can tell he loses consciousness and he goes into like mine, 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 give me, give me, give me, you stop what you're doing and you bring him back into, into consciousness and then you can begin dance again. So his really is to be able to see this beauty, hold this beauty, be present for this beauty and this pleasure and us be able to feel it and know that we're safe to feel it and to express it. And I think that's one of the, one of the biggest shifts for me recently has been able to shine my, my pleasure, my light, brighten up a room, feel free to brighten up a room, let people look at me. Like I want people to see me. I want people to get like pleasure from my pleasure and enjoyment from my enjoyment. And, and I can feel safe in that, right? I can feel safe in being able to do that. And uh, I think I think this is one of those things, if anyone takes anything away from this podcast, like you are not serving yourself and you're not serving the world if you are saying, hey, that's my pleasure and I don't want anyone to be able to see it. I'm not going to share it. I'm not going to let, I don't want anyone to look at me. Um, when you're able to own it yourself and you enjoy it and then you let others get full from it, they, if they feel filled, filled, they feel full, they feel like energetic and full of love. And that's what our world needs more of is being able to see that kind of beauty, real beauty, like you said. And it's not even just uh, what we think of beauty. Um, It's, it's, it's not being beautiful. It's beauty as the element of, consciousness that shines through us and great example of how this connects to the shadow um for so long um i don't know if i told did did i tell you the story about my smile and the shadow aspect no okay so (laughs) um for a for uh a long as okay back up as a kid this all makes sense. 
as a kid, I was really goofy and silly. And, uh, as I, as I grew up and became a teenager, um, goofy and silly wasn't, here it comes, air quotes, cool or sexy. And, you know, I wanted to be cool and sexy because I didn't have any friends or a girlfriend or anything like that. So I, I tried to be cool and I put on, I, I put on this mask, right? We do this, we do this when we want approval or attention or, um, whatever it is. We don't want to feel something about ourselves. And it got me different results than just being a goofball. Um, because, because even being a goofball, I was, there were still times I was doing that for approval. And so it, it came across as needy, right? And you know, if you're a needy goofball, like, I mean, you live in the, fr- <laughs> you know, you live in the friend zone. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just like, you know, it's just not going to happen. Um, so, you know, I put on this persona trying to be cool and it got me different results. And, uh, uh, eventually over time that just kind of, uh, came just how I was. And so this is what in the process I called censoring silly. And what eventually happened is I, I stopped, I stopped smiling fully. And a few years ago, I realized that I was actively physically like on my face suppressing a a smile back. And so as I explored this and I got really honest with myself, it was smiling this big and opened like the, some subconscious story in my mind was if I smile this big, I might be gay. And so there was this, this, it felt like this feminine gay kind of feeling, right? And so in my mind, it got some wires mixed up that smiling equated something with my sexuality. And then as I further and further dived into that and had to go to the place where I was willing to feel gay. Um, as when I went there, what it ended up actually being was beauty. And so I had mixed up this wiring between beauty and femininity and then femininity in my own sexuality. And then all these judgments around being too feminine and not masculine enough, not being cool enough. And then that got tied up into my smile, which was connected to joy. Because when we're in joy, beauty comes out, right? Like, it, you know, it's it's why we love seeing people smile and laugh because a, a beauty comes out through that joy. And so I thought my smile was bad, right? I didn't like my smile. I judged it. I suppressed it. It became a shadow aspect. And this is why I talk, that's why in 
in my definition, it's the best parts about ourselves that our, our ego deems as the worst and we suppress. And so I, I thought this silly smile was a quote-unquote bad part of myself and I wanted to suppress it and judge it. Um, and it was just all this mislabeling and, and reverse wiring and uh, stories and judgment and confusion that was all suppressed in the shadow. And when I was willing to go there, when I was willing to feel gay, when I was willing to feel beauty and just let myself do it, my smile changed. And <laughs> I shit you not. Never in my life before then had anybody commented on my smile. And after that, people started commenting on how beautiful my smile was. Mm -hmm. And even saying that, there's still a little like self-consciousness there. Um, but I think that's a great example of how we can misidentify and misjudge these beautiful aspects of ourselves and they become shadow and they run us. So I was ran by this fear of my sexuality, this fear, and I was completely out of relationship with real beauty. I was putting up a facade of what I thought masculine beauty was, mm. um, you know, and so it, Women, men, we all do this in varying ways. So this, you know, I think that was a, a really good illustration uh, of how uh, not only women, but everyone, we, we dim our light because we, we just, we just give the wrong meaning to things. And so I didn't need to go get a facelift or do any of this weird shit. I just had to be willing to go and face that shadow. I had to be going into that part of myself that I disowned because I made a um, mis, mis, misassumption, whatever, uh, about it, misumption. Um, and then, you know, and then that, and then it stopped running me. And then that whole, all of that energy was then freed up. And then it became, you know, a gift for others. And then it, it brought others joy. You do have a very beautiful smile. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. So we're coming up on the hour here and I do want to ask to tie that, that last piece up. Um, sometimes it can feel super overwhelming when you realize how many shadows you have, how many things that you're repressing and pushing away, especially in this world. Where, where do you think people should start when they start realizing things coming up? Like, oh, I have the fear of being vulnerable on my Instagram story. Oh, I have the fear of looking the cashier in the eyes. Like, do you start by doing the thing that you are terrified to do? Or do you start with meditating on it? Or do you start with talking <laughs> with you, Gerald, about it? Where do you start? Um, well, you need to get a couple bat wings, um, some toads <laughs> and, uh, I like where this is going, it, put it into a pot, the hair and of sprinkle a unicorn. Some, yes. Um, yeah. oh, no, no, really. Uh, you get some sage. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
The, I think the most helpful thing, um, and it's usually what I do last, is uh, give yourself permission to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, give yourself permission to suffer. Uh, give yourself permission to be jealous. Give yourself permission to be insecure. Yeah. Give yourself permission to be a bitch. Mm, uh, yeah. Give yourself give yourself permission um, to to do these things, and what that will do is confront you with your judgments and guilt. Um, so there's you know there's gonna there may or may not be a whole process uh, that you'll 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 go through and you'll transmute just in being okay doing the awful horrible thing like i'm at a place where it's like all right cool i mean literally today i was thinking it's like man i I don't see how or when I i can stop suffering in this particular way and it was like fuck man i've just been trying so hard to fix the suffering it just got to a certain point where it was like kind of giving up. And it was like, you know what? I don't know how long I'm going to continue to suffer, but I might as well have fun while I'm suffering. Um, and so once we give ourselves permission to do the thing, it, it, it moves it from the unconscious realm to the conscious realm, right? No, once we see it and, then consciously make the choice to do it or to accept it or be okay with it, it it stops running us. It stops being a a subconscious uh, aspect of ourselves that, that runs us without our knowing. Now it becomes a conscious choice. Now instead of you know being a bitch just because we didn't realize that we hate ourselves and, you know, we're insecure and, you know, whatever it is. Now we're, we're doing it from choice. And, and once we move from being a victim to choice, then we can make new choices or we can keep doing it. We can say, you know what? This feels great to be a total dick to everyone. And sometimes, <clears throat> and sometimes you just have to, you just have to do that. Um, and you have to be okay being that. Like, if you just need to finally give yourself permission to be insecure or to be needy, just go all the way. Just do it. See what that's like. See how you feel. You have to be willing to, to take responsibility for the consequences. Cause if you're gonna do something that's not so cool, you know, if you get a ticket, you go to jail, you lose a friend, you you get into a fight, you you lose money, you go into debt, whatever it is, you have to be willing to to accept responsibility for that. But you have to see is that uh, the the price to be able to get into relationship with that thing, and then from there you can go and face it like you said then you can say okay well now i can go face this fear if it's a fear of being seen on instagram cool give myself permission to be afraid go through all that and then and then face it right and then 
share something that you don't want anybody to know about you. Like share that one thing that if you think someone knew, you would lose all your friends or whatever the hell would happen. Um, and then from there, uh, you know, that's just the beginning of this, this whole process. Um, but have compassion for yourself. Give yourself permission to do it first and then uh, move from there. Mm, so freaking good. I love this. One practice for me that has been helping me to embody these emotions, because like, like for example, anger, I'm pretty uh, disconnected from anger. I wasn't allowed to be legitimately angry as a kid. I was always told that there was no reason to be angry. I'm, can, can I interrupt you one second? I guess so. Okay. <laughs> um, we, uh, I, th- I think this will tie in with exactly what you're saying is that <clears throat> <laughs> I, I'm going to lose it. No, it's really good. I, I, I'm sorry. But I, I wrote down it. notes for what I was going to say, so I'm good. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Um, is that, uh, it, when, when we're out of relationship, when, when we don't give ourselves permission to do these things, people can't trust us. And oh, so, yeah. and, and so if, if we finally, when I see somebody like, if I were to be with you, right, this is, this is what brought it up is like, if I were to be, I am, I'm with you in this moment and you know, you're talking about anger and being on a relationship with it. I would say, well, just get angry with me. Just like feel that anger. And, and then I would be able to trust you yeah. because what, what you, what you would be feeling and sharing would actually be real. So, this whole shadow thing, this whole self-development fuck shit face shit is, you know, we're just trying so hard to not, to, to not be who we really are and to deny what's really going on. It doesn't mean acting out. It doesn't mean be a victim. It doesn't mean tell a fucking story about it, but it means be real with what's happening. Um, and, and like even starting this, this, this call today it's like you know i'm afraid to actually say this stuff about myself but if i were to go on you can tr- you can it's like you can trust the you can trust the liar who knows he's a liar and admits he's a liar more than you can trust the one that pathologically lies and thinks he tells the truth all the time yeah one thing that I've heard from a lot of men recently that's totally opened up my eyes is that you guys really fear that the the feminine you can't trust because we are not showing how we really feel because we're not even connected with how we really feel. So you saying right then, like you feeling what you feel and like get angry with me, like that brings you so much safety knowing that you can trust me to share how I feel. You don't have to dig it out of me or assume or guess and we're so fearful that we show that we're angry, that we show our bitch, that we show that we're jealous, that you'll never know. And then what will eventually happen is we'll create resentment for you not reading our minds, right? <laughs> and so that's why the masculine ends up fearing right. the feminine, the feminine's ability to be real and to be trusted. And we, we fear the masculine can't be trusted too. So it's like this big trust spiral. So what I was going to say so <laughs> Before deliciously so interrupted me. I'm glad you did. But I was going to say a practice I've done is amplifying my emotion number one because first of all like take anger for example it's teeny 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 tiny within me it's almost you can't even see it's a speck so i had to when i feel just even a tiny little morsel of anger i want to amplify it and make art with it make art 
So either I write an angry poem or I do an angry dance or I do an angry skit and I record this and I'll put it in like my um, support group and we'll just like make art out of our amplified emotions. So you feel jealous. How can you show your jealousy through art? How can you make art out of out of your jealousy? And this is a way to feel what you feel and do it through pleasure because it adds this little bit of like fun to it, even if you're fully angry, like it's fun and funny to record yourself doing an angry dance or doing an angry um, temper tantrum in your bedroom, throwing pillows and punching things and grabbing your dog's lint roller and chunking it across the room and upturning pillows. And like, it's funny to watch it too. And it like really gives you permission to go all out. And this creates um, that emotion within yourself and you become more and more present with it. You're not pushing it away. And then, you know, the masculine or the world begins to trust you more because they know they can count on you and they can rely. You're going to be honest with yourself first and foremost, what you're feeling, and they can know what you're feeling and you're not scared of it anymore. That's how you work through things together. That's really how, that's really what communication is. It's like knowing you can show up as you are. And, and in my body right now, it's showing up as I am and creating art with it and doing it through an open heart and doing it with pleasure. <laughs> okay. I, I, I love how you said humor because it's, it's really, you know, it comes down to the cosmic joke, right? This is all, none of this means anything. None of yeah. This is real. It's a dream. We're well, going to wake up someday. <laughs> The longest night's sleep ever. And then we'll wake up and we'll be like in another universe or like realize that was just a dream. This whole thing was just a dream. And then that one will just be a dream. It'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It's, it's the, cos- the cosmic joke, right? It's like we take all this stuff, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's, it's, it's the human condition, right? It's recognizing that. <sighs> I mean, even everything I shared, it's like, you know, sometimes we get into this, I'll speak for myself, sometimes I get into this really serious place, like, everything I just shared means so much, it's like so important, and it's so this or that, and then it's like, if you can just look back on it and just laugh, and be like, look at that human doing human stuff, uh, you know, it's just, it's just so freeing, um, especially for me, cause I put so much fucking pressure on myself. Um, so I hope that little reminder on the way out helps to just be able to laugh at ourselves and, yeah. and to just have compassion for the human condition. Cause we're all going through it. Everybody, even my mentors, even the most enlightened, most successful people, um, that you look up to, they have their shit. Just remember that. Absolutely. Except Maddie. Except me. <laughs> I never go through that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, are you ready for the the divine deep dive round? Because this wasn't divine deep enough. Deep All right, dive, let's go. Quick fire round. All right, let's do it. Okay, what's a must read book, Drew Gerald? Um, first thing. First thing. Uh, I would say uh, A Course in Miracles. What's your favorite meal right now? Um, hummus. Hummus? 
Hummus, guacamole. I like saucy, dippy things. Saucy, di- oh, I do too. <laughs> I like saucy, dippy things. Saucy, dippy things gets me <laughs> saucy. What's your favorite form of movement? Um, uh, just just uh, dancing, just moving, just being silly, moving. If love tasted like a flavor, what would it be? Roses what? and frankincense. Frankincense. I guess those are smells. Those aren't flavors. I like this. Flavors? Uh, flavors? Um, you could do rose water. No. That probably tastes awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Sometimes love does. I, guess, I mean, I, I got essential oils and like rose and frankincense are like fucking heaven to me. Um, so I'll give you scents. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's your spirit animal? Um... Well, when I was a kid, I liked frogs, so I'll go with frogs. <laughs> you have to think on that one. Get, think, do some thinking on that. Uh, it has to be more than what you just like. What what animal? If you were like in Harry Potter and you had what is that thing called? Uh, your Patronus. Your Patronus. Would you be a frog? <laughs> Or would you be something yeah. else? Uh, maybe a dragon. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Describe your relationship to coffee. Um, uh, smelling it to reset my nose after smelling fragrances. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, so pretty, I don't drink. Yeah, pretty platonic. Yeah. Sometimes it smells really good, uh, but I don't drink it. What's your biggest guilty pleasure? Um, uh, <laughs> it's so generic. Um, I was going to say like sex and masturbation, but I knew you were going to say that. I knew, <laughs> I thought you were going to say masturbation. That, that's, <laughs> I don't know the, why. that's the first thing that came up, but I, it's not like super guilty. Um, um, probably like, um, I like, like uh, wasting my time watching shit like Netflix or something or movies. Um, That's good. (laughs) I'm so so fucking boring. (laughs) It's better to say that than be like, Oh, you know, smoking five cigs a day. Oh, guilty pleasure. Um, No, it's a really good question. Um, How about, how about a specific show? What is the show that's like your big time Uh-oh. guilty pleasure? The one you no. don't want to share. I don't have show Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon? <laughs> as a kid. It was sure. as a kid. Sure. Sure. It was as a kid. <clears throat> um I don't know. Come I, on, Drew. You gotta you have to have something in your life that you feel guilty about. That's a pleasurable thing. Man. Yeah. I need to, wow. I need to come over well, there and I need to spice I up your life. Yeah. I don't have a lot of <laughs> pleasure. That's a great, that's, it's actually really, I mean, I fucking just work and sleep and work and it's actually really good. I'm actually glad you asked that because I don't have a lot of guilty pleasures. Uh, I would I would say eating. I probably 
uh, I've realized that um, I actually emotionally eat, um, which was interesting to realize that like if I feel bored or anxious, I want a snack. Yeah. Okay. I do that too. <laughs> with like fucking like gluten-free fucking chips <laughs> that's what you do yeah no. i was <clears throat> as in like my guilty pleasures are still they're still pretty... yeah okay <laughs> i'm gonna come over there i'm gonna we'll guiltify. Yeah, we'll i'm gonna guiltify i'm gonna guiltify your house i'm gonna put in some trashy magazines i'm gonna give you some gluten-filled chips i'm gonna bring over some diet cokes <laughs> We'll have a great time. I promise. Right. Great. Okay. Last question. What is the first thing you notice about someone when you meet? Um, their eyes, their face, their hair, their smell. Everything. Yeah. I notice a lot of shit, actually. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's a talent. Yeah. And then I notice weird stuff. <laughs> like? And, like energy, energetics. Oh, then, yeah. then you go into the woo-woo space. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Drew but, Gerald. Okay, yeah, wait. What are you, you saying? What? No. Uh, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> is that it? Are we done? No, we're done. We're done. Okay, this is episode 210. Um, you rock. This has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on and sharing all of your beautiful insight and wisdom with my, my followers and the listeners of the show. You're amazing, and I hope they all connect with you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, holding a space where I feel comfortable coming on and sharing my truth, uh, whether it's whatever it is. So thank you. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Everyone, this is episode 210. Like I said, you can go to maddiemoon.com slash Drew dash Gerald to get the show notes for this episode, as well as all the links to his goodies, including the process, which I highly encourage everyone to sign up for 30 days absolutely free videos articles assignments all the great stuff that you could possibly want and for free like come on you got to sign up for it and while you're there if you haven't yet downloaded that creative book that i made for you with a hundred plus of my favorite books you can get that at maddiemoon.com slash free gift that is a fantastic resource for any of you book nerds out there or anyone just hungry for more knowledge and wisdom in this personal development world I will make sure I have a link to that on the show notes as well, and we will catch you soon.